This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for an extra show this week, uh, this is the anti-preview, which uh, we normally uh, dish out uh, exclusively to My Old Man Said patrons, but we're going to put this one out to the mass public because it is Manchester United. Joining me to uh, discuss uh, our memories, our things that niggle us about Manchester United, why we hate them. Mainly hated. Yeah, mainly hated. Fucking hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Joining me in the the studio is uh, Ben Redding. Evening. Mr. Chris Budd and Dan Rogers. Hello there. First question off the bat, City or United? If you had to support one because Villa didn't exist. City. I'd probably say United. Salford. Great choice. (laughs) That wasn't in the options. Berry. Full disclosure, full disclosure, my father is a Manchester United fan, so that was my fate in life until my mother divorced him. So uh, thank you, thank you very much, Mum. <laughs> good, good call. <laughs> right. I mean, going back, this. I mean, let's start this. Uh, let's start this in a McDonald's in Lincoln when I think it was uh, must have been yeah early nineties before the Premier League, and I'm standing in the queue with these two guys. Uh, both Manchester United fans, and we're getting into a bit of, uh, you know, just a bit of an argument, and it's suddenly strayed a little bit. And I and I just remember the words that I said to this United fan, well, at least I've seen Villa win the fucking league in my lifetime and the European Cup. That was a kiss of death, wasn't there? Fast forward a couple of years, or maybe the next season, the Premier League spark 
is born and then suddenly uh, it's, it's like it's sponsored by Manchester United. Yeah, football created by Sky <laughs> was created and nothing before it existed. But Manchester United won everything. And But, I, you know, you've got to chuckle when you when you actually lived in a time you could face up to a United fan and, and say, at least I've seen this win the league in, in uh, my lifetime. But uh, in those early days, we were quite competitive with United. I mean, uh, obviously the first season, we were neck and neck with them for the, uh, the Premier League. Daly and Atkinson didn't get a sick note uh, in the second half of that season. It might have been a bit different if Steve Bruce hadn't scored those two goals in injury time. It's always Steve Bruce, isn't it? At Hillsborough, things may have been different because that was probably the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of Villa's uh, title aspirations. And that was the start of Fergie time as well. Yeah, Fergie time was hence born. Yeah. Uh, then there was there was a period, speaking of Fergie time, there was just this period that we would have great games against them. Villa would always turn up against Manchester United. They, yeah. It wasn't a case of, uh, you know, we're, it's just a game you, you, you get spanked and you're not expecting anything of it. The players were always fired up and we would give them games. And it's probably counting on more than one hand how many games we've lost we've been ahead like the last 10 5 minutes and they've managed to fucking turn it around not only draw but win the I was about to say it was I often used to get to about the, I don't know the 75th 80th minute when when Villa would be leading 1 or 2 nil against Man United and and Tom was trying to sit there and wonder how, how will we manage to capitulate <laughs> from this strong position and it was you'd see Rude van Nistelrooy appear on the touchline you think ah there he is <laughs> and every, we just went through this bad run, didn't we? Where you would, uh, I, I, the one that sticks in my mind is, and I'm sure we'll cover off in a minute, is the one with uh, when when Gregory had somehow managed to steer us to the top of the league. And was that the FA Cup game when we we're live on TV and two nil up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian Taylor scored. And, and those sorts of games where you think there's absolutely no way back for them here. They are dead and buried, yeah. and then out of nothing. That was that was Ferguson's uh, niche against Villa. I, was I mean, it's not a surprise that Gary Neville rates it as his favourite away ground, yeah. and because. The games were good, and then they always won them in the end. Well, between was it March '03 and November '08, we lost 14 games on the bounce to them, including what about <laughs> our yearly FA Cup third round game why, against? Why did them. we even go? Oh, <laughs> 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 well, we might beat them this time. Yeah, how many times did we draw them consecutively? FA Cup oh, third wasn't round. It like- Three times in yeah. five years or something. Yeah. Something ridiculous and lost each one. I remember one game, uh, I think we were 1-0 up. I think Barry had scored. I think it was the second of those FA Cup third round fixtures. And they had warming up on the touchline. I think it was uh, Keane and and I think it might have been Van Nistelrooy or Skulls. But obviously they had rested them for some reason. I don't know, they are playing in Europe or whatever. And we were 1-0 up and as soon as Keane was warming up, mm. I think it was and destroyed the whole tent started to boo as soon as they saw it and it was and it was Villa had been quite buoyant the, the supporters through that game but it wasn't like booing as in you know just booing because they're there it deflated the whole of the ground because yeah, yeah. they knew what had happened in previous games they saw what was coming and they were just booing because yeah, yeah. Ferguson had decided to win the game yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <like> this <laughs> and, it, and, it, <laughs> and, and they scored two goals pretty swiftly when those two came on I mean there's so many of them when we threw the I mean the list is endless isn't it really of Villa throwing games away I mean, you know 2002 there was November 2010 when Villa's makeshift midfield was it Barry Bannon Hogg Albrighton and some other fools had a 2-0 <laughs> lead going into the last 10 minutes and somehow managed to throw that, the game away. I mean that was a classic game I mean that was probably one of my most enjoyable games in recent years at Villa Park because 
I, I'd smuggled my dad, the United fan, into R2. I think maybe R1 or R2, so they could be close to the. We'd normally, because he's, you know, he's come in, neutral, you know, you want to be in a fairly neutral position. So I watched some of those FA Cup games, middle of the Trinity, and then he thought, right, we need some, tran- you know, we need some transcendence. I need to enjoy this somehow rather than just taking a beating on the chin. So I thought, right, you know, he's used to be a bit of a lad. Let's go down uh, where the action is. And Villa destroyed them. First half. They battered them, hit they? the post twice before. I think Gabby hit the post. I think Collins hit the woodwork as well before we'd even scored. And uh, I think I remember after the game, Ferguson saying uh, Villa should have been five or six up before we even responded. I think it was when we used to play behind Gabby, there would be Downing... Young, yeah, young and Albrighton and they used to interchange and swap wings and swap and that was that was as our most dynamic and, and we, and we some, terrorized something them. for that squad when you look down the list yeah but there was I'm, dynamism there. but I remember looking at the uh, the squad when I got in the I didn't check the line out until I was actually in the ground and I, I looked up and saw Bannon and Hogg and everybody looked at each other first of all who the fuck's Hogg fucking we are actually going to be fined for fielding a weakened team and, this time <laughs> <laughs> and secondly we're going to get absolutely mullered here I mean yeah. the substitutes that came on to try to stop the rot was <laughs> Delfonso <laughs> for Gabby and uh, Eric Lehigh Le- 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 Chris Hurd <laughs> yeah, for Albrighton and Chris Hurd for Hogg. I've just seen because we had so many injuries at that time. Well, you can see that because that they they put a uh, a human corpse Isaiah Osborne in as the <laughs> as the additional man. And was that Ronnie Johnson was on the bench as well? <laughs> yeah, no, that's Daniel Johnson. Is it? Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> Ronnie Janssen comes into an, on another reason why I hate Man United. I mean, the Man United sort of bench for that game is madness as well because it's got like Obertan, who who is is widely regarded as one of the worst footballers of all time, and actually uh, Makeda as well, who scored that outrageous well, late is, goal. Yeah, well, this is the thing he scored in this game as well, and nothing else for Man United. And uh, I mean, let's talk about Federico Mancheda, who was was his first ever game when he scored that injury time yes, winner. Yes, the curling wonder goal. And I remember I when he came my head. when he came on, you just thought. There's something inevitable about this because you know the way he was being kind of spoken, spoken up, and that game. I think that's the maddest I've been. I, I, I wasn't at the game. I was li- yeah. living in Paris, and I was at this bar, and I just remember it being covered in Celtic flags in Paris. And I was there on my own, and I remember walking out, kicking the chair, <laughs> kicking the table because this was like it was slow burn. I'd witnessed this same scenario feeling three or four times before and the rest and 14 this... times in a row <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and this and this one we looked like we were gonna well we didn't really if you know what i mean but uh in yeah. hindsight but at that time we thought this time this time they bring on some kid and he and what happens scores a wonder goal scores a wonder goal in injury time never to be seen again really much after no. that either well he ended up at the blues did he on loan, January the... He's only 28 now, which uh, we seem to be talking about ancient history. He's the he's almost like the Galini of strikers, isn't he? This, yeah, because he went to the Blues on loan. He went to Doncaster a few times. What? Went, went to the Blues. And, what? I mean, it's not hard, but he finished their top scorer. I think he went in January 2014. Scored 10 goals from 10 starts and 8 appearances as a substitute. He only ever scored 4 goals for United and 2 of those were against, against Villa. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Bastard. I mean, we'll always remember him. I mean, another person... Uh, the only people who do. <laughs> somebody with a bit more of a track record and who's still relevant who uh, and who also never played for the Blues, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. I remember I went... Mm. I was invited to meet uh, him in a, like a small press conference when he's... 
documentary film came out. Before you did that sculpture of him outside that airport. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I based I based that sculpture on my meeting with him. <laughs> But uh, but from like memory rather than looking at photos, that's why it, why it went that's a little your, bit wrong. No, you you stand by your creative license. <laughs> I'll stand by mine. <laughs> but Ronaldo, something I researched. Uh, I think I think I was meant to write something about that, but I didn't. But I, I got to the point where I researched it and uh, found out that uh, he was more prolific against Aston Villa than any other English team while playing for United. Jeez. He scored nine goals out of his hundred and eighteen goals in English football. So when Man United were looking to flog him to Real Madrid, they just showed him the, the showreel <laughs> <Yeah>. against him. <laughs> no, no, Who's this team in Claret and Blue? He's, no, no, ignore that. <laughs> That's West Ham and Burnley. And... There was, I remember one, he did a little flick. It was a bit like Delft's flick against Chelsea, if I remember. It was quite uh, audacious. Yeah, at Man United, I was at that game. Yeah. yeah. So any, any memories for you, Ben? Uh, yeah, your... it was, uh, I think mine was that game, funnily enough. I was in a corporate box and they actually played artificial oh, corporate box, yeah. eh? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Artificial crowd noise into the box. It was awful. Absolutely dreadful. Where was this? Villa Pope? Oh. No, um, Old Trafford. Old Trafford right, that right. one. I think we lost three nil. Yeah. Or yeah, three yeah. one, I think. Yeah, I think but, three, um, we wouldn't have scored. Three nil. Um, yeah. Artificial and, crowd. Yeah. Artificial no, crowd no. noise inside. It was uh yeah, just shows you really, doesn't it, how yeah, low yeah. some teams will go. Try and create an atmosphere. So many memories, and most of them are bad. Speaking of like having injuries at a bad time uh, when you're obviously facing United, one of our cup games was at Old Trafford, and we got to the stage where we had to uh, put old pajama pants in goal. Old gabble, <laughs> dirty grey pajama <laughs> pants. And it was, I think it was a winter. It was obviously January, so it was a bit. They got a bit muddy. And they were. To- it was quite. I, was, I look back at this because we, we've spoken about this probably. We've talked yeah, about it a couple of times this a year because this was this was when we had no centre backs fit. So, no sense. So they put out a very young pairing of Liam Ridgewell and Gary Cahill, and you thought, well, you know, we're going to find out a lot about these guys, and uh, they're amazing that game, and they kept the score down. And we we were I think going into I think it was Solskjaer scored. It was in the last minute, and basically it went through old pajama pants. Should have saved it. it went through his legs. It was like the last minute or something. And he just I just felt sorry for those two young centre backs, Cahill and Ridgewell. I don't feel sorry for Ridgewell anymore. And Cahill, there's no need to uh, feel sorry for him because he proved he was a great centre back yeah. in that game, even though he was I think he was a teenager or twenty. Martin O'Neill obviously didn't uh, wasn't probably watching that game, even though he was the manager at the time. And he was the one who thought it was a good idea to bring the pajama pants into uh, Villa Park. But now, I mean, the memory of Kerali's getting nowhere near these the yeah. famous goals, yeah. wonder goal volley. I think it might have been in the same season where it's probably still one of the best goals ever scored at Villa Park. Just a ridiculous goal and he was nowhere near it. Yeah, but that's, that's the myth of jogging bottoms, isn't it? You don't see anyone who's athletic in that style of jogging bottom, bottom do you, at like the Olympics or anything like you that? You see a lot of people getting on Ryanair flights wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> or outside Greg's. Uh, the Maybe they're really comfortable. That's probably uh, why he got into them. People slating VAR at the moment because uh, the English, uh, Premier League doesn't actually have to uh, use it. But uh, if it had been there on that Wembley date when we played Manchester United... Don't. Uh, Why'd you bring it up? In the League don't. Cup. Don't look at me when you talk about Vidage. What do you think happens when VAR f- flags that up? Do you think he goes Vidage straight red? Or? They just give us the cup there and there. Yeah. <laughs> He would have gone, definitely. No, Kevin Friend would have would have sent <laughs> off our player for simulation, probably. Yeah, Gabby would have got a 10-year ban. <laughs> but no, sir, I mean, people still go on, but I still think we should have won that game. I mean, they brought Michael Owen on, for God's sake, and he scored. And he was past it, way, Rubbish. way past it then. Rubbish. Oh, must, must I, I still refer to that day as the 
the beginning of the end. Everything was downhill for Villa from that day. I mean, we got a, we scored a goal from that incident, so uh, it's not as if we didn't, you know, we were robbed, robbed. I mean, if he didn't give the penalty and he didn't send him off, then you know, it wasn't friends' justification that well, Gabby had run out wide, so he wasn't going to score, yeah. even though he was the last man. Yeah, Phil Dowd, wasn't it? Yeah, was it Phil Dowd? Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, friend. Even though we don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> There's other crimes you've committed. No, I, I think if he gets sent off there, then it's a completely different game. We're 1-0 up, 10 men, even though it was 80-odd minutes But I still left. think, if, you know, if you go 1-0 up in a final, you've got a good chance of, uh, you know, winning it and you can't be clutching at straws. As we did in 94. Their yeah. player did yeah. get sent off and we did win the cup. But they got right. sent off later on, though. Yeah. yeah. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, one of my sort of underlying things with United is they always seem to take our best players and give them, give us their shit ones. They shovel their shit at yeah. us. I mean, we, we, they well, had we, you know, no, Ashley so Young, Yorkies, Prime, Bosnich. We shovel their shit, should I and say. And who did we? We got like Ronnie Jonsson at the end of his career, Eric Jemba Jemba. I think we had Phil Bardsley. I mean, on the <laughs> flip side, we did you make them, a very compelling argument. We did give Chris. them less Seeley, didn't we? Who played in that 94 Cup final. But who have we ever bought from Man U who you go, wow, what a signing? What you know, it's always a step down for them. I mean you're Paul McGraw. I, I thought correction, correction, correction. I was gonna wow. say Tom cleverly, but yeah, I think McGraw probably wins. <laughs> but but in the context, Manchester United, they thought they were selling an alcoholic who had no chance. With dodgy knees. Dodgy yeah. knees. So we were correct, correct two thirds of the way through, I said. Well, no, I'm saying that's what they are thinking. Yeah, yeah. They are selling oh, okay. to us. They thought he was an also running. Yeah, they wasn't. thought it was over for him, and it was Villa taking a leap of faith, like they did with Ron Villar. And it, it paid off. <laughs> Like big time, and that's—I mean—that's why it's a zero to hero. That's why he's considered a god. Part of it is the story, the whole—you know—the whole story of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't part of the reason as well. They—they they were trying to Ferguson. I think in his book said they were trying to break up a culture of. I think it was yeah. Brian Robson and McGrath, and then he, yeah, and he, like he Gary Burkles. I mean, Ron Atkinson denied that when I when I threw that at him in in the interview. He said there wasn't like a big. Uh, I mean, this is this is a man who said he used to give the rum bottle around to everybody to have a shot before the game and you know immediately before the game said no there wasn't any drinking culture <laughs> there's no problem here no problem here what are you talking about another thing i said in the last podcast like you know mark bosnick dwight york ashley young 
three of our great players of the modern time, three of our most celebrated while they were wearing the Clarendon blue shirt. But as soon as you go to United, it's almost like your your history is erased and you're completely forgotten because lesser players are celebrated so much more. Bosnick did his best work in a Villa shirt. Dwight York. What, what? I mean, to be fair to York, he wanted to go and win trophies. Yeah, I mean, he did win. He won it, won it yeah, treble, right. didn't he? So that yeah. was kind of justified. He, York got erased from history because he went, you know, went to play for Blackburn and then came back yeah. and played for Blues. It's like if he hadn't gone to Blues, he would have yeah. probably nobody begrudged him the move. It was the way, it was the manner yeah. of York's move as much as anything was. I think the yeah. same with Young. We were clearly like on the decline. Yeah. We got decent money for him, and you can't begrudge a player wanting to go and win leagues when we were nowhere near. Competing. No, exactly, no. exactly, yeah. And obviously they know what's going on behind the scenes and uh, that was the time to get, you know, jump, get the parachute out and get it, get the hell out of there. And they piss me off jumping on the pitch most of the time as well oh, when yeah. they score. That's annoying. I mean, to be fair to United, as much as I don't, I'm not a huge fan of their supporters, I will give their the loyal... The away, man, the their black, away support is some of the best in the country. What, what are they called? The black caps? They always wear Something like, like that, black, yeah. Black caps, black kind of Harrington jackets. I mean, I remember them in that uh, 2-2 when they equalised, they were like... You know, over the, over the hoarding. The I mean, that, that cup game, all the FA black. Cup one, where some bright spark decided it was a good idea to give them all, all of the bottom of the and, and all of the Doug Ellis right down to the whole end. Wow. Probably one of the easiest stands in the country to get onto the pitch. As we found out in that quarterfinal against the Baggies. <laughs> Back to the Dark Ages. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Anyone uh, got any positive memories of Man United? 94. Coca-Cola Cup final. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, that, is some, that is one of the big games I grasp on to, yeah. to, to kind of give me sanity, really. Yeah. Especially to beat them in a you know, we beat the you know the the uh, you'll never win anything with kids game it was the first game of the season. It doesn't yeah, really mean yeah. that much. Whereas to beat them in a cup file and and derail their treble challenge is a, a big moment. Well, I mean, beating them in fifty seven, I, I remember that very well. Um, mm. <laughs> I mean, that was a great victory. I mean, it's a shame we've never won the FA Cup since, and it's something that a lot of lot of fans. It's the only trophy we haven't seen uh, Villa win in our lifetimes. But I mean, we, uh, have, we have to go back to ninety nine to the last time we beat them at Villa Park, and that was in a yeah. Worthington Cup. And if I remember rightly, they, it was one of these ones when United used to play the under twelves in the cups, so it didn't mean anything anyway. <laughs> Slight like exaggeration, but we'll we'll run with it. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't need to fact check that. Probably be comparable with the Liverpool team when we play them in a few weeks. Yes, the, the Liverpool team that won't even have a, an actual manager because he yeah. won't be there either. Yes. Luckily, I was at that uh, 2009 game when Gabby scored in the very rare, it was the first time we won in like 20 odd years at Old Trafford. Mm. But then I made the mistake of going uh, when Van Persie scored that hat trick. When they won the, the league, they won the league. Wasn't yeah. it? I mean, all those goals were offside, obviously. Great finish, but yeah, we were bloody awful, weren't we? Yeah, it was just like there's no direction to that team. It was, uh, it's like, well done, you scored past Brad Guzan again, yeah. again, and yeah, again. Yeah. You cannot have no respect for Alex Ferguson and what he did. I mean, at the top of the show, I said City or United, and I, I don't, I still can't class City what they've done as as an achievement. In the same no, no. way that what Sir Alex built, and he didn't build just one team, he built several Probably teams. Probably about five teams. I mean, you like them or not, you look at how they built that success and the club, you know, from where they went in sort of the early 90s to even just the development of Old Trafford and what that's become and the business side of it. And then the fact that they did it with so many homegrown players, so many guys who were based in the local area, the fact that he actually managed to keep that team together. The, the class of 92 that class was of 92 team. Point, they yeah. can't, you, you can hate them for a lot of things, but you can't say that they didn't win it quote-unquote, the right way when you look at how sort of Chelsea in years, even like in the early Premier League year, how Blackburn did it when 
you know, Walker came in and bought everyone and they were the first team to kind of buy the league and then Chelsea did it and, and obviously City have done it. At least United did it with a, an English base and, and to be fair to them, they were one of the teams in the Premier League era who you can look back and say, well, they actually really were the game changers in some of those early foreign signings. You look at like Schmeichel, Cantona, these are some of the yeah, real yeah. iconic Premier League players. Whether you like or loathe United, you have to look at some of these players and go, they were the players who really put the Premier League on the map. But do you not think that, that also shows you how, how badly Villa got it wrong? So Villa went oh, from being a massive yeah. powerhouse, to a genuine top And how six competitive we were. Well, we got at promoted the at the same time uh, from, from Division 2 as it was then. And you look at how Man United, um, yeah, well, Ferguson famously, famously came to Villa Park needing to win, didn't he? That, that's one of... Yeah, in, yeah. in his in his first years in charge and I think that you look at how very quickly you talk like from 92, 93 when they won the first Premier League to when you get into like they're winning Champions League within six, seven years of that and we're at a dominant Liverpool-esque side within a fraction of the time and virtually unbeatable with the homegrown team well they built a, a whereas dynasty, we we had completely lost our way even at that point really and we yeah. were, then, we're, then we were just into cycles of the same, same, same and then decline one of the most times I've been proud as a Villa fan was in, when we were challenging them for that first Premier League title and we were at Old Trafford and it was a test to see if we are really, do we have the metal to challenge them for the title? And when Staunton scored that cracker, which was a beauty because they must have had a mic inside the post because the, the sound it, it made, stanchion, didn't it? Cause it went off the post and in. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like the Alamo after that. It was just like United were attacking in waves and waves and waves and Bosnick, you know, was making a lot of good saves, but it was, it was inevitable. But we walked away with something from that, which didn't happen uh, henceforth when if we were 2-0 up with five minutes to go we'd still lose the game somehow but we showed real resolve there and it was against a I mean, wave after wave of attack, and they, you know, they were a powerhouse even at that time. And uh, you thought if we win the league, we'll be doing a real good job here. I think what uh, Dan says is true, but then if you flip it the other way, I don't think Man United will ever have the number of quality academy graduates at the same time. If we'd have had that, I think we may have well have been in their position. I think there was a bit of fortune involved in that. Nothing against like Ferguson; he's you know untouchable. But I, I think there is a bit of an element of good fortune yeah. with wait um, so it's almost like a one in a million it's, a, it's yeah. an anomaly isn't it? it's like Barcelona again. when you know you have like sort of Xavi, Iniesta, Messi and all yeah. these guys yeah every club has their little dynasty and United have had theirs yeah. I mean, Villa had a potential dynasty because Saunders and, and Tony Barton, I mean, Tony Barton was like the top scouts and found all these players that turned into the squad that won the uh, 81 league and then the 82 and, and we're in a position there. And obviously it all went south when obviously Ron Saunders walked out. That was, you know, potentially overpay and I think power as well and wanting to, uh, Saunders didn't like meddling. But there was a chance to uh, have a bit of a dynasty because there was one happening because Saunders had won the League Cup twice and this was building up and then he won the league and then he won the, uh, I mean, I don't think we would have won the European Cup again uh, because we got knocked out by Juventus and their team was just like mind-blowing with like Bonnier, Platini, Rossi. But still, domestically, we could have done something. We just fell like a lead balloon and then got relegated five years later. I mean, there's not much we have in common with United these days. The only thing that both sides in recent years have had in common have been pissing money up the wall and bad recruitment. Poor owners. I mean, there's, there's an interesting, you know, Pep Guardiola, having done what he did at Barcelona, went to Bayern Munich, and then the natural step is, if you want to do that in England, you're going to do it with Liverpool or you're going to do it with Manchester United. And I think uh, United regret not having him because that, it's a better fit in terms of legacy, English football legacy. And the whole the sort of the United way. 
And, you know, that Manchester City thing about them buying success and obviously getting Pep, buying the best man out there, it's, it's kind of a hollow thing. He's, he's done, you know, he's, he has, I mean, obviously he wants the, uh, the Champions League to complete uh, the job, so to speak. But it seems to be, uh, that was the marriage that never happened. They, they went down like the Mourinho route, didn't they? They thought he would be the one and it spectacularly failed for them. Yeah, I mean, they won well, trophies and they were even, weren't they second in the league, but they're about 15 yeah. points off City. It's, I think it's just where their bar was raised. There's a certain amount of sort of entitlement with the modern Man United fan that if we're, if we're not number one or number two and close, we're nowhere, which... Yeah. But, but there, that, wasn't, there wasn't much of a building of a team because like Louis van Gaal was, was just buying like almost like singular players <laughs> for silly money. And yeah. then there wasn't any, you know, there wasn't, method behind the madness uh, no knitting together of a team it was just odds and sods and right if we buy all these expensive players we're going to be good and uh, you know you look at them now under Solskjaer and you just think for the, the stature of that club however poor their side currently is how on earth is Solskjaer manager yeah. of such a yeah still one of the biggest you know sports organizations in the world based on achieving nothing in management yeah. it's, it's just pure it's a complete sentiment. sentimentality isn't yeah. it it's yeah. nonsense when you when you you know when you look now i mean i'm sure there's a couple of united fans who deep down wouldn't wouldn't probably mind villa turning them over on sunday and getting potching straight away because long term that would be good point actually i mean mm. i think Sheffield united may have done those detractors uh, i mean if they'd won that game and then villa win then i think he's gone but then with Pochettino, like yeah, his stock's pretty high at the moment, but he didn't win anything at Spurs. Nobody, so nobody wins anything it's, with Spurs. It's what it's one of them. It's like, would they demand a manager that would guarantee them success? Because yes, Pochettino's got a way of developing and bringing um, academy players into the team, which, as Chris has said, the United way. But then he hasn't ever won any trophies, really, has he? So is that not? sort of ticking a box for him I don't know when Ferguson went to United he was a proven winner I mean he'd, he'd even managed to win you know the cup winners cup European trophy with Aberdeen Aberdeen yeah as well as obviously the title and creating a very you know very decent team but no it's an, I mean that was the thing that we would uh, point at Dean Smith was like it's all well and good you know being a well regarded as a lower league manager but Where's the pedigree? Where's the wins like Chris Wilder won mm. at every level from non-league and then he's pretty much won every, uh, apart from the championship, he's won every other title and making a decent fist of it in the Premier League already. I think they must be one of the few teams that actually their neighbouring side isn't their biggest rivals as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, the old Liverpool-Manchester United thing, it's kind of a thing that I don't like the way the media plays on it. They're trying to build an El Clasico. It's a, it's a yeah. market to marketing media. One. Same way that, you know, when Arsenal and United were going toe-to-toe year in, year out for the title. They build that as something. You know, yeah, it, wasn't a, yeah. it was a. It was very much a footballing rivalry. It wasn't a local rivalry. Ah, hello there. That was the point that we actually got cut off uh, in the studio. We, because of technical difficulties, uh, not our fault. Uh, the studios. We wasted the first hour of recording, fannying around. So uh, we ran over time, and we couldn't quite do the recording that we wanted to finish on. Uh, uh, I'm joined by Chris again, just to uh, finish off this Manchester United anti-preview edition i mean there's nothing really to add i think we've covered everything we really wanted to say i, I mean the hope... previous recording kind of ended up a lot like the games we've seen villa against united it all went well to begin with and then it finished on a <laughs> on a pretty dreadful ending didn't it it went horribly wrong in the last minute <laughs> yeah it's uh there's some duplicity there in uh how it all works out when manchester united are mentioned i'm just hoping uh come sunday afternoon Oli Gunnar Solskjaer will be saying what Alex Ferguson said uh, after the game where we drew 2-2 under Gerard Houllier. 
saying that it should have been five or six nil to Villa. Well, he might even be on the he might even be on the scrap heap like Unai Emery. There's definitely a chance. Uh, well, yeah, there is actually because uh, they uh, faltered in midweek in their European game and yeah, the Sheffield United result wasn't exactly what they had in mind. I think if they had lost that, there would be a bit of pressure on him because then he'd be going into the Villa game knowing that if he lost it, it'd be three losses on the trot. Mm. Anyway, right, uh, I will plug... Uh, us back to the studio recording to say goodbye but thank you very much for listening to the anti-preview which normally goes out to my own man said patrons go to my and check on the patron link to sign up as the show evolves we will be doing more different things uh, on the patron channel because without patrons and without more patrons uh, this show would not exist or evolve thank you very much and on that note until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye 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 days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans